Sam. Sam got to the pearly gates. St. Peter stepped out, didn't recognize him. He said, can I help you? Sam said, yes, sir, I want to get in. St. Peter said, well, let me ask you a few questions. First of all, how would you treat your family? Sam said, well, not very well. I was never home. I worked all the time. Just really didn't do much for my family. Gave them money. He said, well, how about your church? Did you attend church? Not really. I was just working all the time. Never really went to church. He said, well, how about charity? Did you do anything for charity? No, I didn't, I didn't volunteer, didn't, didn't help, didn't give any money anywhere. He said, well, Sam, have you ever done any good deeds? Sam said, yes, I did. One time I was riding down the road, and I saw this biker guy, and he was assaulting this woman on the side of the road. And so, you know, he was a typical biker with a black vest and, and blue jeans and big black boots on. So I went up to him, and I pushed him, and I said, hey, mister, leave her alone. And he didn't stop. He just kept assaulting this woman. Well, then I went over, and I kicked his motorcycle over. Well, he left the woman alone. He came over to me, and I punched him in the nose, and the woman got away. And St. Peter said, well, that was pretty good. When did that happen? Sam said, about five minutes ago. <laughs> now, I'll tell you that story. It's a funny story, but I'm not telling you that because that's not how you get into heaven. It's not about what you do as far as good works here on earth, trying to work your way into God's graces. That's all the story of about why Jesus came. Why He came at Christmas. He came down to be our Savior. We can't save ourselves. And so God sent Jesus down to earth to be our Savior. And it takes faith in Him to get into heaven. It's not about our sacrifice. It's not about Sam's sacrifice. It's about Jesus' sacrifice to get us into heaven. We started a series several weeks ago called Upside Down Christmas. And sometimes people think about Christmas in sort of an upside down way. Um, we've talked about how Jesus stepped out of the glories of heaven and came down to a messed up world. We've talked about how he came, you know, when most people run away from the darkness, Jesus came to be light in the darkness. And today I want you to think about this idea of the righteous for the unrighteous. So I raise a question, why did Jesus come from heaven to earth? Some people do get mixed up about that. There was a story of a, a little boy that was playing the part of Jesus in their children's Christmas drama. He was dressed up, you know, in a bathrobe, and he had long hair wig, and he had a fake beard on. And he's standing out in the hallway before church started, and, uh, and this little three-year-old boy saw him and just was mesmerized by this, by this guy, by this young child. And so he, he asked his daddy, who is that? Well, his daddy wasn't paying attention, ignored him. And so he just looked at the boy and said, who are you? And the boy said, well, I'm, I'm what Christmas is all about. And the little three-year-old boy said, I'm sorry, with that brown beard, I didn't recognize you, Santa. 
not about Santa. His name is in it. Christ must. It's about him. He is what Christmas is all about. He's the and what is his ultimate reason for coming? He stepped out of the glories of heaven and came into a messed up world. He came in perfection to imperfection. He came into this world to deal with people who would ultimately, many of them, would reject him and not have anything to do with him. It's upside down. But it's a story of hope and a story of love. I love... The, the account of the angels in, in Luke chapter 2 as they appear to the shepherds. Luke 2 verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, think about what is going on here. Don't be afraid. I bring you great joy. A Savior has been born. Glory to God in the highest and peace. You see the joy and the peace there, but why can we have joy and peace? Let's go today to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Of course, this is written by the Apostle Peter. He's one of Jesus' closest apostles. And this may not seem like a, a Scripture for a Christmas sermon. But it does answer the question why Jesus came from heaven to earth. Peter, of course, was the leader of the apostles. He was outspoken, he was fearless, and he wrote a pretty good letter, a couple of them. And this passage, as I said, may seem odd, but it tells us why Jesus came. Listen, 1 Peter chapter 3, just one verse, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. I want us to just think through that verse, phrase by phrase, for just a minute, and think about why Jesus came. First, first phrase, for Christ suffered once for sins. You see, Christ suffered to pay for the sins of mankind. Now, it sounds sad to talk about that at Christmas, doesn't it? I mean, that we're talking about he had to suffer. This is supposed to be a joyous time of year. But I want you to think about this little baby that came into the world, and he came to suffer. That's part of the story. Isaiah had prophesied 700 years before it ever happened. Listen to what Isaiah 53, verse 3 he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. He came to suffer. That's part of why Jesus came down to this earth. 
And part of the reason for that is found in that same chapter of Isaiah, verse 6. It says, for all we like sheep have gone astray. God sent Jesus down to earth because of the sins of man. You know, he's been called throughout the centuries the suffering servant because of what he had to suffer. You know, before Jesus came, God's people were required to make a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, every time they sinned. They had to bring a lamb. And the, uh, the, the blood of that lamb made atonement for their sin. Hebrews 9.22 says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So imagine every time you sinned, oh Marge, get us another lamb. I messed up. We got to go see the priest. And you had to take a lamb. But with Christ, he's the ultimate sacrifice. You never had to do that again. You never again would you have to take an animal sacrifice. Notice it says, suffered once for sins. That's all it took was his one sacrifice. And then it says, the righteous for the unrighteous. Christ was the righteous sacrifice for the unrighteous people. You know, for a, a lamb to be sacrificed, you couldn't just get any old lamb. In fact, the law, Leviticus twenty two twenty one said it had to be a lamb without defect or blemish. They didn't even want it to be blind or injured or diseased. Basically, it had to be a perfect lamb. You had to go out to your livestock and you had to look them over and you had to pick out one without blemish or defect. In other words, a perfect lamb. As near perfection as you could get. Not the, not the worst, one that was getting ready to die anyway, but the best lamb from, from your uh, herd of sheep you had to bring before the priest. Lambs were also sinless because, well, they can't think and reason. They don't know right from wrong. They just live by instinct and, and do whatever's next on, you know, to do, to eat or go to sleep or whatever. But God used this sacrifice as a tool to help his people understand the magnitude of sin and to help them understand what it meant to, to be holy and to be righteous and to understand the costly consequences of sin. None of us is righteous. If we still were under that sacrificial system, we would be making a lot of lamb sacrifices. All God's people are unrighteous on our own. We fall short. We, we have all sinned. But Jesus came, and he was that self-sacrifice to pay the penalty, the end-all to the animal sacrifice for God's people. Once for all, it says. That's why they call it good news. Because <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore. And only Jesus could do it. Because he's the only one that ever lived a sinless, righteous life. He was the righteous for the unrighteous. There's a second century philosopher, his name is uh, Celsus. And he talked about the upside-down nature 
of the church, the kingdom of God. And he talked about other religions. He said, other religions say, whosoever has pure hands and a wise tongue, uh, whoever is pure from all defilement and whose soul knows nothing of evil and who has lived well and righteously, you are welcome into our religions. But then he says, when it comes to the church, they're just the opposite. Whoever is a sinner, whoever is unwise, whoever is a child, uh, whoever is a wretch, the kingdom of God wants you to come. It wants to receive you. It seems upside down, but really God came to make it right side up. God called the sinful people. Jesus came to save all of us who realize I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. And if it weren't for Jesus, I'd be dragging a bunch of lambs down to the temple. People that realize that we're only made perfect by the blood of the Lamb that Matt talked about in his communion meditation. And then look at what it says. To bring you to God. God did that. Jesus did that to bring you to God. To make a path for anyone to come to God. This is the good part now. This is the good part. You know, God loves all of us. He loves every human that ever walked on this earth. But God is a holy God. He is a righteous God. And he can't have fellowship with unholiness. And so he made a, everyone, a way for everyone, anyone who would believe in his Son, to be made righteous by the blood of Jesus. That's anybody who has faith in Jesus, he will cleanse. We have to believe that Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient to make us holy through our faith in what he did on the cross. And we can be cleansed of our sin, past, present, and future. And then through Jesus, we can have a relationship with God. We're made righteous. We don't earn our righteousness. We're not like Sam. We can't work our way to heaven. We have to be cleansed by God. Now, he didn't do this to make us sad. He did this to bring great joy. The angel said, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. And he is Christ the Lord. And he is the reason for the joy and for the peace that we can have because of what he did on the cross. Now, we should be sorry for our sin, and we should repent and tell God we're sorry, but we should take great joy in knowing that that little baby born at Christmas is the same baby that died, grew up, and died at Easter to pay the penalty for our sin. We also should remember this, that Jesus didn't remain dead in the grave, and that's the next part of the text. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. You know, the Bible says God is spirit. And Jesus came to earth. God sent him in a human body, but inside of that body was the spirit of God. 
we're all that same way. We're all two-part beings. We, we have this fleshly body, but we have a spirit inside of us. The Bible says the spirit gives life. And when we die, all of us who believe, our spirit separates our body and goes to be with God. And one day Jesus is coming back. When he comes back the second time, he won't be a little baby. In fact, Revelation says he's going to be a rider on a white horse. He's coming in power. And for all of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, the Bible says we're going to be taken up to be with him and the dead in the grave will be risen and given new bodies. The ones that are still on earth will be risen and given new bodies. 1 Corinthians 15 says it'll be a spiritual body. That's reason to rejoice. Because we'll no longer be in this messed up world. But we'll be in a new world where there'll be no more tears and no more crying and no more pain. For the old order of things will be gone. Now, some people say, well, I just can't buy into that. Probably because, you know, most of, I don't think anybody in here has ever seen a resurrection, have you? I'd like to talk to you after the service. We, we've read about it, we've heard about the resurrection of Jesus, but we've never really seen a resurrection. Imagine if you came from outer space, and I don't believe in aliens, but imagine if there were aliens and one came down to earth, and the alien came down and said, well, tell me some things about your, your world here. Tell me, how do you reproduce? How do you get more humans? And you said, well, you know, a man and a woman get married, and they come together, and I'm not going to go into all the detail, but you might have to with the alien. And, you know, then all of a sudden, the woman gets what we call pregnant, and her belly starts to get bigger and bigger, and she eats a lot of ice cream with pickles on top. And, and the alien's sitting there shaking his head. I don't think so. And you go on and you say, one day, you know, she's really out here and um, she, you know, some water comes gushing out and they haul her off to the hospital and they put her on this special gurney, this special bed, and it's got stirrups and the doctor gets down and pretty soon, pop, here comes the baby out. And, and you know, again, I'm not going into all the detail. You... You know, we've seen it, we've heard about it, we've studied it in school, we know how it works. But that alien looks and he hears this and he says, no way, that's not how you do it. Because he had never seen it, he'd never heard anything like that. And just because we had never seen a resurrection don't mean it didn't happen. His apostles had seen a resurrection. And what did they do? They went and proclaimed the good news, the joy that's why we celebrate Christmas. Because Jesus came. This little baby, he came to grow up to save you. Here's our connection. Jesus willingly and joyfully came from heaven to earth to save all who will believe. Even when he's faced death on the cross, he willingly went. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And Hebrews 12.2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because he knew what was on the other side of the cross and the grave. He did it for, for joy. 
That little baby came into the world with the purpose of saving you and saving me and saving all who would believe in his story. Kids sing a little song. We used to sing it when I was little. I think they still sing it today. Red and yellow, black and white. You are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. He loves the little children. He loves the big children. He loves the adults. He loves everyone. And Jesus loves all who will return that love to him and believe in him. The angels said, man, this is a glorious thing. I bring you great joy, good news of great joy, peace on earth to all on whom his favor rests, all who would believe. And that's why Jesus came, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you. The story sometimes seems upside down. It seems kind of weird that you would come, the righteous one, and you would pay the penalty for all of us who are unrighteous. But that's why you came. And that's the good news of the story. The reason for great joy. The reason for peace. And Lord, let us soak it in this year as we celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray and praise today. Amen.